Welcome to Spawn, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Liz Gumbiner. And I'm Kristen Chase. And we are the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about raising good digital citizens. And you know what, Liz? Even if your kids aren't on phones yet. Which they are. Which they are. <laughs> but you know what? For people listening who have kids who are just like grabbing their phones and using them as teethers, this stuff is still important. 100%. Yes, I'm really glad we're talking about this, and we will get to why in just a minute. And of course, we will close out our show with our very cool picks of the week. We'll be back with this great topic right after this. This episode is brought to you by VSP Individual Vision Plans. Did you know one in four kids have an undetected vision problem? But not everyone has vision insurance. That's where VSP Individual Vision Plans come in. You can give the gift of great savings on frames, lenses, contacts, and eye exams, plus access to the largest independent doctor network in the country and a wide selection of frames to fit every student style. Visit givevspdirect.com or call 855-958-4746 to give someone a VSP individual vision plan today. That's givevspdirect.com or call 855-958-4746. Liz, I'm so glad we're talking about being good digital citizens because I don't know about you, but this has been heavy on my mind lately. I know. And it might be because I'm seeing so many people, maybe it's because a lot of the folks that I follow on social media, their kids are starting to get phones or this tech conversation is just more in the forefront of everybody's minds. Yeah. But everyone is talking about this. Yeah. And in our Out Tech Your Kids community on Facebook, we've talked about that before. If you want to find it, just look for Out tech your kids. There have been so many, hmm, I don't want to say panicked because they're not all panicked, but so many curious and nervous and anxious parents asking all kinds of questions about like, my 13-year-old is on the phone too much. What do I do? I'm terrified about my high school kid using social media. I'm trying to use these apps to track my kids' whereabouts at all times, but it doesn't work on iOS. I mean, it sounds like it's reaching this fever pitch. And by the way, the parents are not all panicked, but I just think because we're seeing every post, Kristen, it's like starting to build up in my mind as a big issue. I agree with you. And also, I think that there are a lot of people we're seeing, which is kind of funny that they're in an out-tech your kids group, but there are a lot of people who have said, you know, I'm swearing off technology. My kids will not get a phone until they're 13 or 16. Or the, and, and okay, I appreciate opinions and you get to choose what you do with your family, but I still think this conversation needs to happen. Yeah. You don't just get to avoid talking about it and dealing with it because you don't feel your kids are old enough to have a phone or or a tablet or anything else. These are conversations we all need to have because we live in a digital age. Yes. This is it. Like, we're not escaping it. Let's make some <laughs> analogies, by the way. And first of all, I think the thing that's really cool about Attack Your Kids is it's really a non judgmental, totally tech positive group. Yes, it is. So if parents are like, no technology in our house until the kids are 16, fine, we will help support you with that. If you're like, my kids are eight and need a phone for this reason, we're like, great, we'll support you with that. So I really like that. It's not like a place where people get shamed for, you know, handing their kids phones. That is a no-no. But, you know, here's a couple analogies. So let's say your kids, you don't want them to drink until they're 21. 
Because that's the law, right? Do you, like, never talk about alcohol? Do you not talk about drunk driving? Do you not talk about, like, saying no at parties? Like, of course you talk about it because it's part of their world. And the same thing goes with driving, and we use this analogy a lot. You don't just hand your kids the keys to the car when they're 16 and say, head on out, kids. <laughs> you know, you're talking to them about driving probably from when they're little. When if you, like, yell at someone at the window, you look at them and go, sorry, I shouldn't have done that. You know, that's not cool. We don't do that when we drive. Like, you kind of talk to your kids about driving and safety and being a good motorist and being a good pedestrian from when they're little, right? The other thing we don't do is we don't say, wow, there's a whole lot of car accidents. Let's lobby to raise the driving age to 25, <laughs> right? <laughs> Nobody does that. Nobody's like, we should really, kids should not drive till they're 25. I feel like that's kind of what's happening with technology is because maybe parents don't know about it. Maybe those of us Gen Xers who didn't grow up with it, it's not native to us and it means a whole other thing we have to learn. But I feel like don't blame the technology. Instead, be proactive and talk to your kids about this stuff whenever you decide to get them a phone. Well, and I agree with you. And there are so many psychologists out there. I think of past guests that we've had, especially like Ken Ginsberg, who didn't specifically talk about this, but I know Jordan Shapiro did. Yes. And if I may sort of, you know, summarize what they said in brief— Young people, so if you're talking about kids, right, as opposed to even tweens and teens, they're more malleable, right? They're going to listen to you. So when you tell them about safety issues, when you talk to them about these things when they're younger, they're more apt to actually take the time to listen to you, believe you, trust you, and want to do what you say. When your kids are older, if you're waiting to have these conversations until they're 15, 16, however old, beyond the age of them, not rolling their eyes at you, guess what? You're up for a huge challenge because they're past the point now of thinking that you are the authority on these kinds of topics. Yes. They're more likely to believe their friends and other people as opposed to you. So that's also an argument to start young with these conversations. You know what it is, Kristen? It's good tech indoctrination. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's like you teach your kids about their football allegiances and their hometown allegiances and religion and all that stuff when they're little, but for some reason we think they're not going to listen to us when we talk about our ethics and values regarding technology and social interactions online. So I like that we're having this conversation because I, I really think it's not about yes, social media or no social media. And by the way, there's like a very popular tech guru out there. I think he's like a pastor. He rants and raves about the evils of social media. I am not down with this guy. And I see his links get shared a lot in the group. And I'm like, look, again, it's like saying the evil of cars. You know, like it's not the evils of cars. You need to teach kids how to be responsible. And so I come at it from that perspective. Whatever age you decide that your own child is ready for social media or for texting or for email or for phones in general, like, you know, your kids best. So you get to make that decision. But no matter how old your kids are, you need to be talking about this stuff early and often. So why don't we talk about like what makes a good digital citizen? Yeah, I think that's a great place to start because we've used that term a lot. Actually, if you go to Cool Mom Tech, you'll see we have a lot of posts about being good digital citizens in one way or another. And of course, we will link everything that we're talking about as well as our Out Tech Your Kids group on our podcast page over on Cool Mom Pick. So the first thing to really think about when it comes to digital, good digital citizens, right, is these are kids who have strong moral cores, good boundaries, and knowledge to make good decisions in any context. And in fact, these are things that adults can use too 
too, right? Like that to me is important. I can name like a few adults off the top of my head who could use some of these tips right yeah. now. But yeah, yeah, so think about it. If you have a kid who has strong boundaries, and you know what? We talked about this with the No More Mean Girls book chat on Facebook last week, that if you teach your kids to be strong, to have good boundaries, to learn how to say no, to stand up for themselves, that actually serves them well in life, in all social interactions, not just online. So I don't think we need to make such a strong distinction between online and offline when it comes to teaching our kids about boundaries and right and wrong. Listening to their instincts and knowing that they can come to you when they're uncomfortable. You know, digital citizens are honest and they trust themselves and they'll come to you and say, hey, uh, maybe I did something that wasn't the greatest decision. I stopped myself. Here's what happened. Let's work with this and figure out what to do next. Again, it's going to be a lot easier when your child is younger than when your child is older. So what are some things that you tell your kids, Liz, when it comes to being a good digital citizen? Yeah, I think something that a lot of parents know, and it's the first thing we think to tell our kids, everything on the internet is forever. And I think that's a better way to explain it than don't send nude pictures of yourself (laughs) (laughs) or don't share your home address and your sister's date of birth and your mom's social security number. You know, like whatever, like, like the really basic things we tell them. Really, it comes down to everything on the internet is forever. So if kids understand that as a concept, it will help them make better decisions. And that factors into who you talk to, what you say in post, who and what you're associated with online, what accounts you're liking, what you share. So the way I've told my kids, and I've said this on Sponge before, is I always say, don't put anything on the internet, don't write anything, don't participate in anything that you wouldn't want associated next to your name and photo on the front page of the New York Times. I've drilled that into them literally since they were like, I don't know, probably seven years old when they were watching me on my phone. So it's not, again, just about social media. It's about texting or email. Just understanding that if you send something to someone via any digital source at all, it is saved somewhere. That includes WhatsApp. Not everything is encrypted forever and ever, (laughs) as we now know. Yes, yes. (laughs) If you follow politics, that it exists somewhere. And that there's also, by the way, screenshots. And there's also people that you think are your really good friends that turned out not to be your friends later that, you know, want to show something that you wrote. Like, everything is forever. So once they understand that, it's very hard for kids to understand consequences, I think, especially when they're young. Like, you won't get into a good college or, you know, Yeah, your 10-year-old doesn't care about that. Yeah, high school admission (laughs) directors look at your transcript and and they'll search your social media feeds. Like, it's very hard until your kids are like 15, 16 to even understand the consequences of that. Right. So even while we tell things like that, which is good because it's true, really it just comes down to this overall premise of everything on the internet is forever. And all these things fall out of that. And by the way, no flip phone with a monitoring system that you give to your child is going to teach them that. Because I know a lot of people are like, well, I'm just going to hand over a super locked up phone and I'm going to read all their text messages and it'll be fine. (laughs) And, you know, that's just not the place to start. This is the place to start. If we may pat ourselves on the back or I'm just going to pat myself on the back. It's just not the place to start. Well, kids, you know, they have Finstas, they have secret accounts, as they will and as they probably should because that's part of breaking away from you as they become teenagers and young adults. Again, like if you're raising kids with strong boundaries and good values, then hopefully even when they have those private accounts so that they can have like a place with no parents looking over their damn shoulders where they can talk, like hopefully they'll still continue to make good choices. And that's what we're really going for here. It's not about 100% total transparency, which I mean, that's okay. I think that's a good place to start. You know, I always tell my kids, I can check your phones at any time. I have full access to your accounts. But I also
also don't look at the stuff all the time because I know they've made good decisions. And every time I do check in, I'm like, okay, they're, they're doing pretty well. So. Yeah. And also we have to remember too, like certain things might peak our like spidey senses if we see something. We have to remember that some of the drama, like some of the things we see is very typical tween and teen behavior, right? The problem can be that they've written it down or they've texted it or they've shared it as a comment. So I think we also have to kind of keep ourselves in check, like let conversations go. Like obviously if they're doing something that's completely inappropriate, but if they're like angry with someone or annoyed and you're you're like, mm, this might be going in a not so great direction, but I'm going to let this play out a little bit. I think we're very quick to jump onto our kids and not remember how things were for us. Like there were catty girls, there were annoying boys, like there were a lot of things that we dealt with. And they're kids that have their own inside jokes and language. Yes. Yes. So girls might be calling each other like, hey, bitch, yo, bitch. And maybe you don't like that. And maybe that's not your language. And you can have a conversation about that. But like jumping in and monitoring every one of those conversations. I mean, if they're not doing it through text or the internet, they're probably doing it in real life. Right. <laughs> and right. that also factors back to kids are going to have to get freedom at some point. And that's why we need to teach them to be a good digital citizen. Wow. In fact, there was a, a one reader in Outtech Your Kids and she really keeps popping into my head where she said she wanted some kind of, she was looking for some kind of system to monitor her kids' texts in real time on an iPhone. And you know, I asked how old her kids were, and she said 13. And I said, well, why do you need to monitor their text in real time? And she said, well, I just don't think a 13-year-old should have the ability to talk freely to anyone at any time. You don't know who's on those group chats. And I understand the concern, but I thought, you know, when we send our kids out the door at 7 or 8 in the morning, we also don't know who they're talking to on the bus or on the subway or in the cafeteria or in homeroom or in the hallways, you know? Like, you're not going to know every kid that they know or every kid that they interact with, which, again, is why it's not just about monitoring services, unless, of course, you know that you have a kid with a real issue. I mean, sure, there are definitely kids absolutely. like that. But it's really about teaching your kids good values. If Do you have an overall generally good kid who makes pretty good choices and has pretty nice friends? You probably don't have to worry about them too much when it comes to texting because they will probably be pretty much the same way. Yeah, you know, we have a guest columnist, Devorah Heitner, and mm-hmm. she is a well-known speaker, author, and she talks about how it's mentoring versus monitoring. So if we can kind of Ooh, I love that. change the way we look at it and think about it as mentoring versus monitoring. And that kind of brings us to my second point, or our second point, if you will, that adults are here to help. Like, we are the helpers. And that means that we need to keep the lines of communication open. We need to talk about these things frequently. And we also need to model, this is huge, model good tech behavior. We all want our kids to have great screen life balance. But if we are not ever picking up a book, if we are not ever engaging in a hobby or something that doesn't involve our phone, tablets, computers, then we are sending them a message that is not the one that we want them to have themselves. Yes, absolutely. Again, the whole idea of, and really this is our second point in terms of how to raise good digital citizens that adults are here to help. I think it's also about having mutual respect with your kids. If you want them to be able to come to you, they need to be able to trust you. So respect works both ways and it's earned. And that's why my kids know I have access to their accounts. I can check them at any time. But they also know that I pretty much don't because they've earned that. And that gives them more respect in me and more trust in me so I can trust them more. And it really kind of 
builds on each other. And I think we end up with a better relationship overall. So it's one thing to be like, I'm here to help. You can come to me. What's the old like, you know, call me if you need a ride. Don't drive with someone drunk. Well, that's really great to say, and you should say it. But if your kid doesn't feel like you have a good relationship with them, or you're going to scream at them, or you're going to make their life miserable or ground them for a year, then of course they're not going to come to you. So I think it's kind of the same thing with technology. We need to work really hard to be those parents that they can come to in the first place. It doesn't mean being their best friend. No. Like you said, it's it's mentoring, not monitoring. Absolutely. You still are mentoring and teaching and keeping an eye out for them because that's our jobs. But you need to be the person they can come to. You can't just say, come to me. So our third point, which I love, and I think a lot of people forget this one. I think they imagine, you know, the safety issues and the modeling maybe. But one thing that I always tell my kids is that just because it is on the internet doesn't make it true. And I think it's yes. so important for our kids to be able to know the difference between real news and fake news. You know, not sending around those stupid texts or emails like, my mom still does. If you send this to 10 people, you will get a free Gap gift card. <laughs> no, mom. No one will. Think of all the celebrities <laughs> that got caught up in that fake Instagram scam a few weeks back, where it was like, if you don't post this immediately, you're giving them full permission to use all of your photos. I mean, people like Pink and Tom Holland, like huge celebrities were reposting oh it because gosh. it seemed legit. Yeah. So of course our yeah. kids said, oh, well, Tom Holland's sharing this. Like I, I should share it too. And I was seeing it everywhere. And it's interesting because when we talk to parents, like what are you telling your kids about online safety? The first thing they say is like, oh, well, they should never send naked pictures. <laughs> and then they kind of leave it there. <laughs> Don't use your real name in a gaming account. That's it. And I'm like, well, how about their responsibility of like not spreading and sharing, disseminating, you know, fake news or spoofs, teach them about Snopes. You know what was one of the best examples also? Do you remember the egg account? Yes. And it yes. got like a billion followers. Everybody was following it, including me, because it was like an egg. An egg wants to get a billion followers. And guess what? It turned out to be a marketing campaign. Wow. And I think that was a great example for kids. Like, wow, you just got suckered into supporting a brand. Now, maybe that's okay. And maybe they love the brand. But maybe they're like, oh my gosh, I just thought I was doing this like cool thing my friends were doing. It's so interesting that you bring this up because I think there are the sort of hot button things that all parents are like, they're going to send nude photos. They're sending bikini <laughs> photos. Like most kids really aren't. Most kids, honestly, they're commenting on celebrity posts. They're group texting. Like they're making TikTok videos. They're following TikTokers and leaving comments. So think about what your kids are doing on their phones and gadgets and be realistic in terms of what you're teaching them. Oh my gosh, that's such a good point that it's not the worst case scenario, it's the everyday scenario. Yes. So yes. if your kids are leaving angry comments under the president's Instagram account, or if they're leaving snarky comments under a Kardashian account, they should know that seen by other people, they can then get hassled or spammed or attacked or trolled. Like, so they should understand those kinds of consequences. And they should also know that like, just because somebody shares something, you don't always have to jump in and comment on everything either. <laughs> but particularly because they need to look at things with a critical eye. And, and the biggest part of that is that not everything on the internet is true. And being a good digital citizen means making it the kind of place we all want it to be and not engaging with trolls, not engaging with bots, not spreading fake information or propaganda. And our kids can be responsible. And by the way, we all could do better at that as well. <laughs> Obviously. Yes. I think, honestly, these apply to adults too. I mean, 
mean, we need to be good digital citizens as well. So honestly, it's not just kids by any means. Okay, number four is be kind. And it's so simple, but it's so true. And one thing I tell my kids too is if you can't be kind, then just don't comment. Yes. Don't engage. Just go away. If you can't be kind. And, you know, I think as kids get older, they can understand the nuance of respectful dissension, right? And being able to disagree in a comment section and still be kind. Because I think people think kind is nice, right? But kind isn't necessarily necessarily nice. I don't think they're completely interchangeable. But respectful. Yeah. Yeah. 12 year old's not going to really get that. Oh, maybe my 12 year old would. But, you know, thinking like 10, 11, that's hard. But as they get older, you can show them if you disagree with someone, you can disagree publicly. But here's how to do it. You can still do it with kindness. And it also, by the way, goes back to the first point, which is everything on the internet is forever. So even if you're leaving one of 60,000 comments under Drake's Instagram post about (laughs) something, it's possible it can be seen, shared, screenshot, attributed to your kid. So do you need to say you're a jerk or I hate you or your last album sucked? Like, I don't know. I guess you can. But do you want to be that kid, basically? Would you like people to talk to you that way? So be kind isn't just about bullying. No. Although that's the biggest part. You know, it's any interaction on the internet. And I would also say that that goes doubly for the interpersonal stuff and the stuff behind the scenes. So this is emails, group texts. I don't think parents realize that group texting and also group texting through like Instagram, for example, is the biggest way kids communicate. Like they're not even using text per se. So you can follow their text all you want. They will find another <laughs> app on which they can text like Visco's coming up close behind. I know. And Google people Docs. Don't even, people. Yeah, people Google oh yeah, Docs. Google Docs. You did a whole post about that, that kids are like opening up Google Docs through Google Classroom and that's where they're having secret chats. So again, this all comes back to being a good digital citizen because they will find ways around your rules if all you're doing is banning an app. They'll find other ways to use that functionality. So again, you know, one of the things I've told my kids is if you're in a big group chat and things turn negative and kids start, you know, bullying or saying mean things about other kids who aren't in the group, I'm like, you have to go on the record and say, this is not okay. I don't like this. Please stop. I know it's really hard for kids to stand up, but they know not to be, they don't want to be associated with that. They don't want to be known for being in a group where kids are doing this kind of thing. And trust me, the screenshots will get out. (laughs) Oh, yes. And you know what? It's a great lesson for kids because it's a little easier to be that confrontative, I guess, in a text, right? Like, so it's a good practice point for them to be able to speak their mind a little more freely and say, you know what? I feel really uncomfortable because saying that in person is really hard. Saying it over text or email is a lot easier. So it's a good practice point for them to be able to like, you know what? I just don't feel really comfortable with this. Like, I don't think this is right. You know, and it's hard. It is hard to do. It's really hard. It's good to do it over text. Look, my (laughs) daughter just started a new school. She's in high school now. And, you know, there's group text going around. She doesn't even know all these kids yet. And so she's not comfortable being like the tone police. She doesn't want to be like, hey, this is not cool. Like, there's no way she's going to do that. So she's had to find like other ways to change the subject or to say, can we not talk about that? Or or to just even like step out and leave the group. Just know this is hard. These are hard things. These are hard parenting things to yes. teach. Yes. But they really will serve your kids so much better in the long run than just saying no Snapchat till you're 16. I like that doesn't really solve the totally problem. Totally 
agree with you. Okay, so Liz, let's talk about actionable things that parents can do because, yes, obviously we've given some tips, but here are some actual things that you can do. And this is whether you've got kids that are on phones already, whether you've got like young elementary aged kids. These are things you can do right away. And the one thing I want to start with, so first of all, we did put a post up in our OutTech Your Kids Facebook group. And I basically was like, hey, listen, it's cool. You don't want your kids on technology until they're driving age. Go for it. However, it's really important that they know a lot of things before you hand over the phone. Let's make a list. So we made this huge, really helpful list. I'm actually going to turn it into a post on Cool Mom Tech because there's so many good things. It's a great checklist, honestly. And a lot of things I didn't even think of myself, and I work in technology. We, we run a tech site, so it was really, really helpful. But one of the things I love to do with my kids is sit down with them and engage in the technology with them, teaching them, mentoring them. So I show them a post I like on Instagram and I'm like, I'm going to leave a comment. And here's what I like to do. I like to be funny, but nice, you know, and so here, Liz, you're going to love this example. (laughs) Um, So Outlander, have you watched Outlander, Liz? I have not. Okay. So the guy on Outlander is super smoking hot. (laughs) (laughs) I will be watching it as soon as we get off this podcast. Yes. He is so hot. And his name is Sam Hoyan, I guess. It's H-E-U-G-H-A-N. And I, of course, follow him on Instagram. So I was sitting with my daughter and he put a post up where he's sitting with no shirt on on this like wooden box. And he goes, been so busy recently. Tough to find any consistency. Last few days felt good. Back in the sweat sessions. Just need to find a more comfortable seat. Right? Oh, I thought he was going to say something like, I've been so busy. I couldn't find a shirt. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, no. But he, he does need a more comfortable seats. So, knowing me, Liz, you know what I commented. You're like, I've got a lap. (laughs) Well, yeah, I didn't go that far. I did say I did have a couch that was super comfy. Uh So, my daughter, Margot, my 10-year-old, looks over at me and she's like, why did you leave that comment? She goes, it sounds like you want to have sex with him. (laughs) Oh my gosh, go Margot. And she's 11? She's almost 11. And I was like, well, you're not that far off. But look, you raised good digital kids. She knew how to like interpret that comment and She was like, Mom, why are you saying that? And actually got into an interesting conversation about like love and crushes and relationships and how you can be in a relationship but still have a crush on somebody. Wow, we got into like a deep conversation just based on my silly comment. But that's the kind of stuff that I think is really important to do with your kids. Sit down with them if you're on Facebook and show them a post that maybe you don't agree with or maybe you want to say something or maybe you're giving advice and show them how to do it. Kids that are young can even sit with you. It doesn't have to be your 12-year-old. It could be your 10-year-old and be like, oh, hey, hey, come sit with me. I'm going to look through Instagram. Let's find some fun posts. Yeah. And go from there. I mean, my kids have seen some stuff. They're not on Twitter, but they've seen some posts that I write that sometimes inspire some fiery responses, (laughs) shall we say. I'm pretty, like, even-keeled, but I'm definitely passionate about politics and social issues. And so sometimes I'll get a troll and my kids will go, oh, you should tell him, blah, 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 blah. And I'll go, well, yes, I could, or I could just 
delete. And we had a whole conversation about how deleting comments and blocking mean people isn't the same as living in a bubble or avoiding triggers. You know, I said, I think it's okay to live in a bubble when what your bubble means is I want to be surrounded by kind people or people who disagree respectfully. We've had really good discussions about how to handle negative comments, discussions that turn bad, how to handle like trolls in your account because they they see what I do and I've learned to set my own boundaries and so they're learning that too. I would say like another thing for parents to do, this is really important, is you need to look at both sides of any issue. And that includes social media. So when you're like, well, I read that social media is really killing kids and destroying their self-esteem and causing anorexia, you need to also look for articles that are pro-social media so you can make decisions for yourself, as you would with anything, as you would with like vaccines or breastfeeding versus formula feeding or cry it out or all those things that we did when we were learning how to raise babies. We can do also when we're raising older kids. That's a really great point. So look at both sides of the issue because you will also see there are kids who couldn't find friends that like really found their tribe online. The same as we did, by the way, all the moms who found each other through social media and Facebook groups and blogs because they felt alone at this new phase in their lives. Kids are finding that too. I know kids who have like become social activists because they've, you know, found kids that are equally passionate about climate change or animal rescue or refugee crisis. And so there's a lot of really positive things about social media as well. I think it's good to just look at both sides of the issues and whatever you decide, just so that you have all the information and don't go for the alarmist clickbait article of the week that will tell you how awful everything is. No, I think that's such a wonderful point because there are positives and negatives. And and this kind of leads to another one, which is you know your kids. You know them best. You're the parent. You get to say no. You get to decide what they do, when they do. Especially with your older kids, though, I hope that you're able to have a conversation with them and talk to them. You know, I made my daughter write me an essay, no joke, about why she should have a TikTok account of her own. You are tough. I'm tough. (laughs) I said, why should you have your own TikTok account? Tell me what you're going to be posting. Tell me some of the potential issues that could come up. I want to hear from you why you should have it. So before you put the kibosh on it, talk to your kids and find out, you know, why do they want to be on it? What are they going to use it for? You know, my kids aren't on Snapchat, not because I don't really love the app itself. I think it's hard to monitor. I just don't think it's necessary. My kids are perfectly fine texting their friends. I only have two kids on Instagram. Like, we're cool. We've, we're, we're good with our social media. But, you know, if someone came to me, my older daughter in particular came to me last year, and she's like, Mom, everybody communicates on Snapchat. Like, I'm missing out on text messages, I'm missing out on parties and things that people are doing because I'm not on Snapchat. And I was like, okay, let's talk about it. Let's figure this out. Because if she's missing out on things, if this is something where all her friends are on and she can't find another way to communicate with them, then I'm willing to consider it. So I that's think just that's good. Yeah. And, and again, that like comes back to, you know, you know your kids and you also know that your daughter makes good choices and she can probably handle yes. Snapchat. Yes, um, totally. But I think also, and we hear this a lot in our group, you're the parent and it's okay to say no. And I think that's still something a lot of parents struggle with is sure. saying no. And I, I know it's terrifying with social media, going back to the first point that social media is all forever and everything on the internet is forever, but it's okay to let your kids fail too, to try things things and like have hopefully not huge consequences, but like small things that they get wrong. To be clear, like Chris and I are certainly not perfect. Our kids have made like some bad choices. There's been some times where I'm like 
telling my kids, no, 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 take down that post. No, 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 that's not cool or that's not true. Absolutely. Or, that's going to come across as being mean and you don't want that. They don't make like perfect decisions all the time. But if they put up something and they're getting pushback from friends on it and then they go, oh my God, what should I do? That's a good teaching moment, right? Like I know it's such a cliche, teaching moments. But like <laughs> it's good to be able to say, well, what do you think you should do? You take it down. You apologize to your friends. You DM them. Or if you don't like something you're seeing in real life, you know, DM them and take the conversation separately. You don't have to have a public disagreement about every single right. thing. And if you slow roll your kids, by the way, into their accounts. So a good example in a post that we'll link up on our podcast page is one where I did TikTok with my daughter. It was on my phone. That was so She smart. would have to use my phone. I would be able to see all her videos. It was a completely private account. And it was, it was probably about six months until we decided she showed me that she was super responsible, that she would have her own account on her own phone. And then we talked about making it public probably about three or four months later because she's like, Mom, I'm really working hard on these videos and no one sees them. And I would really like for other people to be able to see them and comment. And we talked about what that would be like. We decided to turn off comments that people could only just like her videos and all that kind of stuff. So yes, you know your kids, but it's important to slow roll them. They can have private accounts with only just a few friends, see how they do, are they making good decisions, and then move on. I, I think that's great. And you know what? It's like training wheels. We always use that metaphor, but it's training wheels, right? So I love that you did it on your phone at first. You watched her slowly get more responsible and make good decisions. And then she advocated for herself and told you why she thought she should have an account and how she would continue to use it. And you respect that. And I bet you... <laughs> listeners, that if she breaks the rules or has any problem, Kristen will be the first to be like, nope, and pull it away from her, too. Yes. And I know a lot of parents who actually are on TikTok themselves. So they get on there, they look at the videos, and that's the other thing to do, is it's not just monitoring. Like, you can, you're you on these things. You're enjoying them. You know, take a step out of your comfort zone. Get on these apps that they're on and use them yourself. You have to learn yeah, it. Yeah, you have Again, to Again, you it. don't just hand over the keys to the car. I mean, or if you're not a driver, you probably don't teach your kids to drive, right? That wouldn't work out very well. No, I'm so, not. So, <laughs> you know, it's scary and it's hard, but a lot of this comes down to us as parents being comfortable with tech. Maybe we'll never be as comfortable as our kids who are growing up with it. You know, how many of you have had kids who asked you, like, what were those phone things called before, you know, before mobile phones? Like the, <laughs> the phones with the, you know, that like were in houses and I'm like, landline? Oh my gosh, we were in London and my kids <laughs> did not have any idea why the phone booth would be of any interest at all. They kept calling it like a phone house. Mom, <laughs> why do you want us to go in the phone hut? I'm not That's kidding. so funny. I'm not kidding. The phone, phone hut. <laughs> so obviously our kids are growing up in a digital age where many of us, 40 pluses, did not. Unfortunately, it's one of those, you know, one more things to add to the list of parenting that we really have to learn to be able to help teach our kids well. And so get on it, parents, and yes. join our group and read our site and look at all the articles that we're going to share on our podcast page because it's a good place to start. Don't be scared. There's so much help out there. Another good thing about the internet, so much help for parents. Absolutely. Okay, so we will be right back with our cool picks of the week after this. 
Kristen, I am so happy to welcome back Ritual Vitamins because, as you know, I am also a paid subscriber. I love that. And you know, you have raved about them so much. I really like and it. I know that when you like something, especially when it's a vitamin, like, <laughs> and you rave about it, like, when you start raving about a workout, then, like, I'm going to jump on that train so fast. Oh, so God. I you know guys when you know, rave about a vitamin. Our long-time <laughs> listeners know I am so not like health guru lady. And so the fact that I even like a vitamin, let alone alone suggest or recommend or evangelize about a vitamin is a really big deal. But I really like ritual. Like, here's the thing. Everybody wants to do the right thing to keep our bodies healthy, but we as women get really uh, busy and we have other <laughs> things on our mind and suddenly like that donut looks really good and I'll just finish that rest of my kids' mac and cheese and the next thing you know, you're like, wow, I really bombed today, so I might as well eat four more donuts. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and so, yes, I do. Yes. In fact, I feel like on our meal plan in our home, it says finish kids mac and cheese <laughs> as an actual menu item. So I get it. And the thing is, a lot of us, actually most of us, are not getting enough nutrients from food. And so that's where Ritual comes in. It's two easy-to-take capsules that provide nine nutrients that we all need to support a strong foundation for our health. And yes, I want to be healthy for me and for my kids. So you take these and I know some vitamins can be like rough on your stomach, right? No, here's what I like. So I have the stomach things. You have the stomach uh, things. We Kristen, do. we together yes. have the stomach things. <laughs> you don't get them from ritual for real. Like I've had trouble with vitamins in the past because either you feel like you're tasting it all day or burping up fish oil or I know, sorry to be TMI here, but I've had trouble with other vitamins for real in the past and I don't with these. It's like I take them and I don't even think about it, which is great. Plus they're like minty. Ooh. They're also pretty. I know that shouldn't matter, but they're pretty in like the little <laughs> clear containers. So I like keeping them out on my shelf to remind me to take them like they're out and not away. They dip them in mint. So you get this nice little spearminty thing when they're going down in the morning. It's like it goes with your toothpaste, you know? And I, So I'm gluten free. That's important to me. And, you know, I know you are a data nerd, an obsessive label reader. I don't know about obsessive, but you are a data nerd. So it's no, important I read to ingredients. Well, you read ingredients. Reader. So yeah, and it's all good stuff. All their ingredients are traceable. They're transparent. It's all on their website. It's like just a good company. We like supporting them. We're glad they support us. And I really like taking them so much that I pay for them. So basically they sponsor our podcast and then I just send them the money right back, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they also come to your door, which I yeah. love. I love, yeah, love, like love every, this. It's every 30 days you get a new one, but you can also pause it. So let's say you're like off for two days or you forget to pack them on a trip. So you don't end up with like this backlog of stuff oh, that keeps coming, which happens with a lot of subscription services. So it's nice that like you can pause it and just have another one come in 20 days or a month. So, hey, here's the cool thing. Because better health does not happen overnight, as I know, especially. Ritual is <laughs> making it even easier for us to get into good long-term habits with a special offer just for you, Spawn listeners, because we love you. Get 10% off during your first three months when you visit ritual.com slash spawned. You can start filling in the gaps in your diet and getting on track with their essential for women just as soon as your first package hits your mailbox. That's ritual.com slash spawned for 10% off their women's multivitamin for your first three months. Do it now. Okay, it's time for Cool Picks of the Week. Cool Picks of the Week. And Liz, can I do my pick first? Yes, please. Okay. So I decided to get off my butt and try to run again. I used to run a long time ago. Like run for fitness, not because I was like running away from my children or something like that. <laughs> no, you Literally can do that also. Running for 
fitness. And I have always had much more success with working out and health in general when I have a group. So I said, you know what? Let's start a Cool Mom Fit Facebook group for folks who are like me, who there's no way I'm going to be running a marathon anytime soon. Probably not going to be working out more than a couple times a week, if that. I want my tribe. So if you go to Facebook, of course, we will link it up on our podcast page. We have a Facebook group called Cool Mom Fit. It's super fun. It's low-key. It's positive. There will be no size or body shaming allowed. It's just all about being busy parents and trying to be healthy, essentially so we can stay alive for our children. I I think it's great. (laughs) I'm still a lurker in the group, I will say, because it makes me feel like totally guilty that I'm not doing more. I feel like I get on this podcast like every three or four months, and I'm like, guess what? I started this routine, and then I and I'm like, I'm not going to talk about that anymore. I'm the same way, though. <laughs> so, you know what? I think I think it's definitely, and I've made it very clear, I'm sure there are going to be a lot of fitness folks in there who are super hyped. But for the most part, I mean, the image that we have for our Facebook group is a person. It's really funny. Laying in bed with their sneakers on. And that's literally how I feel. And I love your tagline <laughs> that it says, like, putting the yoga back in yoga pants. Yes. <laughs> so funny. Yes. Anyway. Well, I might need a subgroup in there for, okay. like, people who want to work work out but hate working out and hate people who love working out. So if we can have like a little subsection. I think you should start a post that says, come on people, where where is my tribe? I know it's so hard for me. There's nothing I hate more than like Instagram feeds that are my good friends and the next thing you know every single page is like what they ate that day and how many calories and how much they ran. I'm like, I can't. (laughs) So I'm trying to like get inspired by this because I need to. I need to. Desperately. Yes. Okay, so that's my cool pick of the week. What are you picking? That is cool. Mine is nothing at all like that. So here, I went to a tech event last night. I go to these press previews where we see all the cool new stuff coming out so that we could share it with you all as our cool picks of the week or in our holiday guides. In fact, oh my gosh, Kristen, this isn't exactly my cool pick of the week, but by the time this episode goes live, I think our brand new baby shower gift guide will have launched. What? Huge. It's huge. That's huge, so huge, exciting. huge. Almost 250 of the best baby gifts of the year by price. It's so awesome. We will link that up also. But you will trust us if you follow us on any place at all, you will like learn about it next week. That aside, I went to this tech event to see what was cool, especially for babies and kids and parents. And there was a lot of interesting stuff out there, including like some solutions for parents who want to stay in touch with their kids, but not be on social media. We'll get to those another time. Here is a totally frivolous, cool, just for the parents pick. I discovered this company called Gantry Lights. Okay. G-A-N-T-R-I. I I ordered one this morning. Like that's how much I loved it. So what they are is sustainably made lamps designed by designers. And it's this company that's learned how to 3D print lamps out of a corn-based material. So they're sustainable. They look gorgeous and the designers are awesome. And I've been looking for the perfect bedside table. And I found one. They start like just under $100. They only go up to maybe like 150, 160. They're not super pricey. I'll link it up. It's gantry.com. We'll put it on the site. But I got this one. It's called the Zeppelin Table Light. It was designed by someone named Chris Ganneberg. Okay. And it looks like, you know, the light that I have next to my couch? It's always yes. in all of my Facebook lives. It it's is. Like a, it's a Nelson cigar lamp, a bubble lamp. You can find them at Design Within Reach for like $800 billion, not within reach. <laughs> 
they have one there for like 150 That's like a version. What? They would say inspired by. It's called okay. the Zeppelin Lamb. And I'm it's have so to take a nice look. looking. I love their story. I love that it's sustainable. I love that it's made in California. So if you're looking to like spruce up your home a little, it's fall, you're starting to change over from the summer stuff, take a look at this site. I love what they're doing. I like supporting small companies and great designers. And um, hey, if you ever come over to my house, you can see my new lamp. All right. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And of course, we will link everything up. Everything we talked about, we have lots of resources about this topic, of course, our cool picks of the week, and our awesome sponsors over on coolmompicks.com. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of Spawn. Huge thanks to our engineer, John Bowen, who always makes us sound great. Huge thanks to our sponsors who help make it possible for us to do what we do. We hope that you all click over and support them also. They're great companies. And here are some other things you can do to help support us. Spread the word. It doesn't even cost you anything. You can just download our episodes. You can leave us a five-star review. You can tell your friends about it. You can share a link to a favorite episode on your own social feed. All those things are great and they help people discover Spawn so we can keep doing Spawn. Yeah, you know what, Liz? I don't know if you knew this was a feature you probably already did, but you can actually text people episodes. Did you know yes, that? Yes, I do. So I text I do people episodes all the, all the time. I do yeah. that all the time. So if you hear something, maybe you know someone who really needs to deal with screen time and technology, just go ahead and, and text them this episode. It's a really great way to share and it helps more people learn about Spawn. And don't forget, we have so many communities on Facebook. We've got Out Tech Your kids we now have cool mom fit but we have a special spawned podcast community you can head over to facebook we'll link it up on our podcast page we would love to have you we will chat more about this topic i'm sure anything else you want to talk about we are there it's really fun it's it's actually very low-key we don't spam you so because we know how sometimes groups can get a little crazy that is not our spawn group we are a chill group so head over to facebook and join us thank you so much for listening to spawn this is Liz. And this is Kristen. Have a great day. Bye.